We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into another episode of the Goodman and Humble podcast. And uh, Rob, I'm, I'm wearing the hat just for, uh, well, I don't know. My bandwagon. Football team, basketball team. I mean, it's been a pretty You're good the ultimate throughout. bandwagon fan. I am. The ultimate bandwagon fan. I, I can't even believe that you're going to try to pull this off and be like, and think that we're not going to call you on this shit. I know. Well, as, as well you should. But we'll talk about the Crimson Tide here in a little bit. Uh, first, listen, anybody, uh, make sure you subscribe, uh, Goodman and Hubble podcast every single week. Uh, we've got a great show for you today. We've got none other than UConn head coach Danny Hurley coming up later in the show. And uh, if you haven't listened to me and Danny Hurley, uh, it's always pretty entertaining. Uh, and I'm sure it will be that way again. He's sarcastic. He's negative. We'll get him to maybe tell a story about uh, his wife, Andrea, who made a uh, she made her debut on on my pod uh, a few months ago, and she she roasted him. I mean, just absolutely roasted uh, Danny Hurley. So hopefully he'll he'll fight back a little bit. But listen, Rob, I, I think we got to start out, and, and I kind of did it in the last pod. I think I, I admitted that I've screwed up a little bit on Michigan, but I, I'm ready to come clean completely. Like I'm ready yeah. to fall on the sword and say I completely effed up, and uh, I love Juwan Howard. I really do. Like, I, I'm, no, I'm happy I was wrong about not only this Michigan team, but also the Juwan Howard hire. Because I lump all these former NBA guys with $100-plus million in the bank together when they yep. come to college. And I'm like, they don't really succeed. I mean, yeah, they don't. Like, how many of them? We've seen Chris Mullen, now Patrick Ewing. Uh, Damon Stoudemire has done a nice job at Pacific. I mean, Penny, Penny down in Memphis. Penny down in Memphis. I mean, most of them do not succeed. Um, Juwan Howard has done a hell of a job. Uh, this team is undefeated now. They have pummeled, absolutely pummeled their last three opponents. And the last two were like, okay, Northwestern, Minnesota, Minnesota at home. You know, when Minnesota's on the road, they kind of stink. So yep. you, you kind of throw that one out. But, but now beating the hell out of Wisconsin, what does this say to me? I'm going to have them at number three in the country right now, and I think yeah. they've earned it. I think they totally deserve that. They, uh, I think you have to give Juwan Howard a ton of credit. And you said it, like, first of all, that dude is just a super nice person. And, like, it's pretty cool because he's played, like, every role. He's been the 13th man on an NBA team. He's been an NBA All-Star. He's been, a, he's been an All-American. He's been a McDonald's All-American. He's coached, like – there is nothing that when you go to play for this dude where he's ever going to be like, I don't understand where you're coming from. He literally understands every part of where you could be coming from. So I think that's really cool. And I think that you have to give him a ton of credit for, for one, assembling a staff that's going to allow him to be successful. And I think the Phil Martelli hire is huge. Saudi Washington's a great assistant coach. Um, Howard Isley. They're different. They are. They all, they all bring very different things. Totally. Totally. But he has gelled this team together. I mean, there was serious question marks. Like, I, I said at the start of the year, I thought Michigan could be anywhere from, like, 5th to 12th because there was huge question marks. And I, I don't think that that was unfair. 
You know, you lose Xavier Simpson, you lose John Teske. Simpson was the big question mark. Sure. The biggest question mark. So the job that Mike Smith has done, I thought he was going to come in and chuck. I mean, this is a guy that used like, when he was on the floor, like 40% of their possessions at Columbia. I mean, he had to. They were horrible. Right. So he was just a, a volume shooter, volume scorer. And now he's like, he can score, he can facilitate, he, he tries to defend. And with the length that they have, like, you have three guys in Franz Wagner, Isaiah Liver, Sean D. Brown, who are all 6'8", super long, athletic, get in the passing lane. I mean, Isaiah Livers tonight was beating shit up everywhere. He was awesome. Oh, he and he might be their third option. Like on some nights, because yep. Franz yep. can get it. Hunter, and we haven't even talked about Hunter Dickinson. Like he didn't even play well tonight. He they, didn't they play beat good. him by a hundred. I know he didn't even play great. So they just Shawnee Brown was a big addition. Um, but man, you have to give Juwan Howard a ton of credit because he's he's gotten these dudes to buy in. And I didn't even mention Eli Brooks. Strength Eli, Eli Brooks is an elite defender on the yep. basketball. Yep. So you you've got like you've got offense, you've got defense. I really like their team. I So I was certainly wrong about them. And they had some questions, so I can't totally blame myself for that. But, man, they are they are good. And Wisconsin, like, I think when you look at these two teams, Jeff, and this might not be a super popular take by maybe you might not like this, but when I'm looking at those starting fives, Demetri Trice is probably the only dude – yeah, yeah. Demetri Trice probably the only one that I would say I, I might take him over Mike Smith. And I guess Eli Brooks and Brad Davison, you're kind of close. Yeah, kind of close yeah, on that. But they're you different, you know. I, I Michigan's just better at every way spot. better. And, and Wisconsin's is a good team, and they're going to win games in the league because they always do. And they're well coached. They play their style. But man, that was the varsity against the JV tonight, and, and Michigan looked like the varsity. I think the other thing is we forget this Michigan team is is older, right? I mean, you you added a couple older, of, but inexperienced together. Correct, correct, right. inexperienced together. But you're adding two guys in, in Chandy Brown uh, and Mike Smith that are that are older dudes with some guys who have been there already, and then you're throwing in Hunter Dickinson who doesn't play like a freshman, right? Like that's the big difference when you bring in a freshman that does not play like a freshman. He's got the IQ of a senior. It's a different ball game. And I think, and you might be able to talk about this more than, than me, but I think one of the big strengths of Juwan Howard is his personality, number one, and the fact that I do think he, he gets guys um, to play hard, to play together. Mm-hmm. Just that he, he's got almost like a, a, a new, like the Brad Stevens, Tony Bennett, type of, of mentality, right? Like he's not a yeller and screamer too much. And we saw it with livers earlier in the year. They kind of went at it a little bit and it was, it was shocking. Yeah, we all right. were like, Whoa, where did that come from? Right? Yeah, seriously. No, but, I, I think you're right. And I, I don't think he feels like he necessarily has to, to scream at these dudes. He, he really, you know, it's fun to watch him at like shoot arounds and practices. Did he gets out there and like plays with their bigs? I mean, how tight is that? I, I was at I was at attack rehabbing my knee with Tim Grover, and he was in there, and we didn't like talk a whole lot. But like the first time I met him to do games, he he was like he's engaging about. He was like, "Man, I remember you, Tim Grover's place." Really, like, dude? He didn't he didn't know me from anybody else in that gym, but he makes you feel really really good when you talk to him, and I think he's got a he's a really good people person, and he understands like he's he's worked under people. And Eric Spoolstra, Pat Riley, he's been around LeBron James. Like he's been around the best winners in the world. And then you throw that on top of his personality from a recruiting standpoint where he's making these kids feel good. And, hey, you know, I'll get you to the league. And let's be honest, with Beeline and now into Juwan Howard, Michigan's got a great track record of putting dudes in the NBA. It's so it's really the perfect storm for him. And he's done a really good job. You know, he has done a great job at Michigan. Can I give you a – it's not a hot take, but I'll say this. When Isaiah Todd decided not to go to Michigan and go to the G League, mm-hmm. it was the best thing. I said this at the time. It was the best thing for Michigan and the worst thing for Isaiah Todd. Yeah. Man, would Isaiah Todd have gotten better learning from, from Juwan Howard. Sure. But I felt like if he went to Michigan, 
Hunter Dickinson is going to beat him out, right? And and, and how is Isaiah Todd going to be right. if he doesn't play major minutes and how is his family going to be and all that? So sure. chemistry is pretty good in this team because they've all got pretty uh, clear roles already totally. to some degree. Now they all rotate in terms of sometimes being the guy on a given night. But I think they're okay with that. Yeah. And you know what? When you're winning, it is okay. When you're on a team that's ranked high and you get along, guys don't care. Because as long as you win and, and the team is playing well, the accolades come along with that. I, I firmly believe that. Yeah, no, I, I, I would agree. I think this Michigan team, again, uh, has put itself right now maybe in front of Iowa. Maybe in I front think that, of Iowa. Yeah, I think, I think that's, that's totally fair. I mean, they're different. I, I, I think that the defensive end separates them. I really worry about Iowa defensively still. Um, They just, at times, it's kind of ole. (laughs) You know, it's like matador defense. And I really, I mean, Michigan, think about how they competed on the defensive end tonight. Yeah. They blocked a ton of shots. They had nine blocks. I mean. I was more impressed with what they did on defense, Rob, than what they did. And they were making every shot early. I know. They they weren't up. Much they yeah, were. I mean, you you hold Wisconsin to thirty percent from the field and thirty two from three, and the way the effort they defend with, the length they bring, they're a problem. I really think you can put them in that discussion with Iowa, Gonzaga, Baylor, in like that kind of top tier of teams. One team that we cannot put in that discussion, Rob, <laughs> the Kentucky Wildcats. Uh, they they, yeah. they look they reverted. They reverted yeah. back to kind of what they had been. Right. I mean, early in the season, they're one and six. They're losing games they shouldn't be losing. Georgia Tech, Notre Dame. I mean, just losing bad losses. And then they started to get it going, right? I mean, they beat Mississippi State in Starkville. They beat Vandy. They beat Florida. Like, that was a big one in Gainesville. And and we're all thinking, hey, you know what? They got some momentum here. Uh, They're looking good. Everybody, You know, Devin Askew's looking better. Everybody's kind of – maybe Cal's got them going in the right direction again. And uh, play at home against Alabama, and they get smacked. Who didn't have, like, any of their best players at, at, by the second half. I mean, right. they had, I mean, Petty's still there. Shackelford's there. But, like, let's be real. Like, you know, Herb Jones leaves. Jordan Bruner leaves. Quinley doesn't play. I mean, this is a very depleted – and this was not – this was a no-doubter. Like, at halftime, I was Never like, there's no way. There is no way they're going to win. And no. it's just – offensively, no one can shoot. Like, you have Dante Allen, who's – a good shooter. Um, I think he's a good story. You know, I, I, don't, I don't know if he, you know, again, we got so excited on that one game, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. He's a nice, he's a nice, he's a good complimentary piece, but he's not like the season defining piece for them. Like at the end of the day, like Brandon Boston still, he still can't shoot. And, and Olivier Saar is still like, I mean, he, Saar takes four shots tonight. He's a non factor in the game. Like it's, I, I, I think if I was, like, going to say, who played well for Kentucky tonight? Keon Brooks, sort of. <laughs> like, I mean. The problem is. I, Isaiah Jackson did some good things. Jackson got to the line a bunch, and, you know, he plays hard. But I will boil it down for you very easily, okay, very easily. Their, their top two recruits were Brandon Boston and Terrence Clark, and they've both done virtually nothing. Yeah. And they can't have that, right? Their other guys are just good pieces. And right. Isaiah Jackson was a top recruit, but he's a defensive-minded guy. He's right. Not he's, he's not – he wasn't supposed to come in and just get buckets. He was supposed to come in and compliment the guys that are killing. And they're, those guys aren't doing it. You know? And then Sar's not getting it done. And, I mean, you can tell. And, and then defensively, I mean, you talk, we said Ole defense. Kentucky can't guard anybody. They don't keep anybody in front of them. Not tonight. They, they, they tonight were they give up 14 threes. <laughs> And Alabama's looking to get layups and threes. Like we all, they're playing fast. That's the that's the way they play. But that was that was highly disappointing. I, I think that we all thought maybe they are turning the corner. You know? And yeah, I mean you, now they, they're back to the drawing board. That that was, I mean, yeah. Really I mean, bad. listen, how much now do you? If I'm putting a percentage on Kentucky getting into the NCAA tournament for you right now, what is that percentage at? I'm gonna go fifteen. That's probably about right. I mean, they, they kind of got to run it to some degree. They would have to just ball. Yeah, they would have to kill. They, and and I just to. don't see that happening. Like, I don't, and, and, like, their, their their future opponents. I mean, the SEC, 
not a I lot. I wouldn't there. say you, you're just crawling with quality games. You've got some, but you're gonna, no. yeah, you're gonna have to probably run the table. I mean, you got Tennessee. You just lost to Alabama at home, right? You know, like how, how many other? I mean, Missouri's Missouri. Off. Missouri's not playing great. Um, I, I just don't see them being able to do that anyway. I mean. You you texted me something. I'm not going to say what the text was about Kentucky. If you want to say it, you can. That's fine. I'm not going to force you, pressure you. Wow. Well, we might as well just say it now. I mean, if you're going to just put it out there. What did I, I even say? I don't even remember what I said. Let me read it first. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, you want – yeah, I'll say this. You said, is Alabama for real? And I go, I think Kentucky just sucks that bad. So you're not you're not as bought into Alabama as you are the fact that you think Kentucky just sucks. Yeah, I just think that they're not that good. It's amazing though that, that we're talking about this because again, I've made excuses for them. I have. I, I've said in in the summer they didn't have their full summer. I, I've tried to, you know, give them every opportunity. They're young, um, all that. It, it's a tough time, obviously, for for such a young team. Um, but you're probably right right now. You're probably right. They're just not. And that doesn't mean they can't be good in a, in a month or two. They could very well, like, figure it out. And, like, in. But, but I think the problem with Kentucky is even if they do that, I'm not sure they'll have the resume to get in anyway. The only way, they, you know, the only thing that, that could be interesting is the SEC tournament, right? Could they, yeah. could they run could it? They that, on a roll? Probably their hope at this point is to play well enough, peak at the right time, hope that maybe Tennessee or Alabama – Knock each other off somehow in the in the SEC tournament. And you only get to get by the, the cupcake road, the cupcake road to a title. <laughs> Something. I mean, you're gonna because yeah. again, you look at him and you're like, unless Brandon Boston really gets. I've said he's the key along with Devin Askew, and Askew's actually gotten better. Like he's not. Yeah, no, he is not great, but he's definitely improved over the last month or so. But the bottom line is, you need a guy, a dude who's just gonna go get some, and they don't have that. And Brandon Boston yeah. and Terrence Clark were supposed to be the guys. And and Clark, listen, I, I really feel like both of them, unless something crazy happens, they should both go back to, to school for their sophomore years. Will they? I, I don't know. I mean, again, we've Couldn't seen – Couldn't you make the counter argument that if they go back to school and they play the same as they are this year, they'd be just – I mean, you're playing your way out of the NBA. Maybe yeah. you should leave before the deficiencies really come to the surface. <laughs> yeah. I just don't see Brandon Boston's stock being any lower than it is today. Yeah. Like I don't. Right. I, but if he goes, if he comes back and does this again, I'm saying, I'm guessing it could get lower because he'd get drafted probably off late. potential. He get drafted late first round today. Somebody would yeah. take him in the 20s. So he might leave just because of that. Yeah. I mean, it's happened before. Like, you may be there's right. There's been many a player at Kentucky who has played really poorly and been like, I got to leave. And it's worked out for some and it hasn't for others. All right. We'll finish off with a little roll tide. All right. Little roll tide to finish this thing off. And, uh, hail to the champions, as Jeff would say. That's right. That's right. We had a super spreader last night. Uh, oh my God. I saw that video. Yeah. You would have been out there when you were Purdue. You would have been out no. there. Well, Hard to say because, like, you would won the national title, Robbie Hummel. If you had won the damn national title at Purdue, and COVID is raging, COVID I, is raging your ass still would have been out there. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> you might have been. You're thinking about it right is now. Is it football or basketball? No basketball. If you if you oh. had won it at Purdue, yeah, you'd have to go out. Right. It's like that dude for the Dodgers. That like got COVID and was like, I have to go celebrate. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Justin Turner or whatever his name is. And I, I still say like ninety some odd percent of those kids that were out there probably already had COVID. Yeah, that's true. You know, but, I, and I couldn't believe the videos though. I mean, it was like it was insane. Let's stay on point. We'll yeah, stay sorry. on point. With hoops. Uh, big twenty four hours. So you're saying you're not buying Alabama hoops as much as you're selling Kentucky, but Alabama hoops now is five and zero in SEC yep. play. They they they've beaten Tennessee at Tennessee, they've beaten Kentucky on the road, they've beaten uh, Florida at Auburn. I mean, they're freaking rolling now. Again, the good news I got from on Herb Jones was that it was not a wrist injury. Which Boy, he was, was upset. 
He was really upset when that I happened. I think it was his finger. I think Rob could like he, a dislocated thumb or something. He was kind of messing the way when he looked at it, right? Yeah, like he I, looked at it and he freaked. And I right. remember, I'm not going to compare it, but I I remember when I was playing uh, uh, like backyard football back when oh, I was in God. college, and I dislocated my finger and I just I freaked. It's a terrifying sight. I've done it too. And you look down and your fingers going a crazy way. And yeah. yeah. And it's also stuck and like, yeah, no, I, I guess the concern would be if it is dislocated, hopefully there's no fracture from that. Right. Right. That I mean, would be the concern. Fast kid. I no, think no doubt. Back. He guards and he's, he works, he plays hard. In the country, like, what's that? One of my favorite players in the country. He's also like a four O student. Really? Nice. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's awesome. Like Herb Jones is one of the best. We should try to get him on, on the podcast. Yeah. I awesome. thought John Petty just competed. He did. I mean, just, he, he's, he's really talented. I mean, he, he, he can really play. He can Rob, on it, his best athletic. day, if NBA oh, yeah. guys get him on his best day, they say, hey, he, he could be a lottery pick. On right. his worst day, you're like, he can't even play in the G League. And that, that's the problem with John Petty. That's the problem. Like, you don't know. Now, he's been better the last year and a half. He's been yeah. better. And he competes defensively as well most nights but if they get that john petty with herb jones healthy hopefully jordan bruner i i don't know i haven't found out uh what what the deal is with him at the end it didn't look good man they they could be really really dangerous now again are they consistent enough I, i don't know but they they're dangerous i just like i i think that the pace they play with even without Quinterly tonight. I mean, they just they push tempo, they drive you, they put pressure on you. They're like the analytics dream, <laughs> like get layups and threes. All they do, and yeah, I just I think that they they could win the SEC. They they really could with the start they've gotten off to. I I wouldn't be surprised, but I just think that I'm I'm more convinced that right now Kentucky is not good, and that is why it was. I mean, think about who they didn't have tonight, like. It's crazy that Alabama's down those guys and Kentucky looks that bad. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, listen, Alabama's got, it was like the battle of the reclassified point guards with Devin Askew and, and Josh Primo. And uh, Primo wasn't great. I mean, he, he wasn't, he was okay. Uh, but he's he, all right. He, he was good enough. Yeah. He didn't have to be. Didn't make mistakes. I want to, I want to talk about reclassifying. It, it is shocking to me. How many kids now are willing – and this is a weird year, so, like, take that with a grain of salt. But I would never have ever been like, I'm okay to leave my high school team. In the middle. And yeah. Yeah. I would never. I mean, I played with those dudes since I was in fourth grade. Like, But this year is – And this year's different. They get a pass for this year. But it's just amazing to me how many kids are willing to be like, yeah, I don't care if I play this last year. I'll go to college. If but I guess that thought of, I got to get to the NBA – but Rob, if Duke had offered you coming out of high school, and they had said, "Hey, the only one will take you. We need you right now," I would not have gone. I swear. Okay. It meant that much to me to like be an Indiana All Star and like you know yeah, play with my my boys. Too. Like, I think it's different in Indiana than it is. A lot. I agree. I agree with that. No. I mean, you're playing in you know like my last high school game. There was nine thousand people at it. Right. You know, it's like. Different We're deal. playing Etoile Moore and, and Angel Garcia and all these dudes, and, like, it's a big deal. You know, it's it feels like you're in a college atmosphere. So, I I don't know. I just can't believe that guys are willing to be like, yeah, I'm, I'm fine with it. And I guess I do need to understand that some of those high school games are like AU games. They are. There's zero no people there. No doubt. So All right, well, let, let, let's get to our interview of the week. And uh, it is none other – then uh, the guy on a three-game winning streak, and that is UConn head coach Danny Hurley. The new year is here and marks a fresh start for your small business. Whether you're shifting business hours or hiring more remote employees, one thing that remains unchanged is the importance of having the right people in your team. When your business is ready to make that next hire, LinkedIn Jobs can help by matching your role with qualified candidates so that you can find the right person and find them quickly. LinkedIn is an active community of professionals with more than 722 million members worldwide. Getting started, it's easier than ever, with new features to help you find qualified candidates quickly. Post a job with targeted screening questions, LinkedIn will quickly get your role in front of more qualified candidates. Manage job posts and contact 
candidates from a single view on the familiar LinkedIn.com as functions are streamlined onto one simple screen. And now you can do this all from your mobile device, no matter where the day takes you. That's how LinkedIn Jobs can help you hire the right person faster. So visit LinkedIn.com slash good to get $50 off your first job post. That's LinkedIn.com slash good to get $50 off your first job post. Terms and conditions apply. Are we ready for some football? There's only one place that has you covered and one place we trust, betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code CLNS50 for your 50% welcome bonus. The Packers give him five against the Rams. The Rams' defense has been terrific. Jalen Ramsey shut down opposing wide receivers. But can they shut down Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams? That's the big thing. The Bills against the Ravens. Buffalo Bills finally back. And Josh Allen's been absolutely spectacular this season. Uh, But so has the Ravens' defense lately. Uh, Ravens also have that running game against the Bills' defense, run defense, that isn't the best. Is there an upset broom? We'll see. Uh, Chiefs favored by 10 over the Browns. Obviously, the Browns had that huge, huge game, a huge win this past week. And the Saints with Drew Brees giving three against Tampa Bay and Tom Brady. Uh, NCAA title odds, the Zags, man, they are the heavy favorites. Tough to go against them at plus 350. Baylor plus 600. Michigan, boy, were they absolutely terrific and have been pounding Wisconsin. They're plus 1,000 and uh, going down. Villanova plus 1,200. Wisconsin falling. Illinois plus 1,400. Iowa plus 1,400. Tennessee plus 1,400. And Texas, pretty good value there, plus 1,600. Again, there's only one place that has you covered. That's betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag. Use that promo code CLNS50 for your 50% welcome bonus. All right, now please to welcome in uh, the lesser Hurley uh, member. And I'm not even talking about Bobby right now. I'm talking about Andrew, <laughs> all right? I had Andrew on the pod uh, a few months ago. There's no way you are going to live up to your wife, Andrea Hurley, in, in her podcast appearance. She was phenomenal. No, I wouldn't even try. I mean, uh, you know, you, you did uh, – I, I don't know how I was lucky enough to meet that woman. <laughs> very, no question. Very, very late one night to senior year. Uh, so, yeah. She's Do we awesome. want to go into that full story or no? No, we should probably, we should probably, it was out of season, you yeah. know, it wasn't in season. So coach Blaney won't be, won't be pissed. I did not break curfew. It was late in the year. All right. All right. Let, let's start out. Can we, can we get the, uh, the news housekeeping out of the way with, with book night and a cook, a cook first. And um, we're, we're, what's book night status now, Danny, is he hopefully going to come back uh, for the next game? Yeah. So, you know, he, he's uh, seeing a specialist today and, and um, you know, like if, if he is going to miss, you know, more time than just the last two games, you know, like I, I'd imagine it would just be a couple of weeks, obviously, you know, we've got to, be very precautious uh, or very cautious with him with everything he's got in front of him. And, uh, you know, he's desperate to get back on the court, but, you know, if, if he misses more time, it, it'll just be, you know, maybe a couple more games, if at all. And then, you know, a, a cook has recovered incredibly well from a, you know, a devastating injury. Um, you know, but right now the, the, the hard part for us is, you know, in our first year back in the big East, just as we're getting our legs under us, to try to, um, you know, uh, marry him back into uh, getting the rust off his game while we're trying desperately to win Big East games, you know, is is a tough trick right now. So, uh, but he, he's incredibly healthy. It's now just about, you know, trying to build his, uh, you know, trying to trying to get him back in the flow. Coach, what, what's the impact recruiting-wise for you being back in the Big East? And have you seen anything different? I know it's only been a year um, it's not like there's been a lot of time, but have you been able to tell a difference recruiting in terms of guys you can recruit? Yeah, definitely. I, I think, um, you know, I, I think we were doing a good job when we we're in the AAC. Our first class was, you know, was a cook and book book night and Jalen Gaffney, who was a top hundred guy. So, you know, we recruited, you know, three really real, real guys in that first class and they didn't, 
you know, we never told them we were going back to the big East. Uh, so, um, but yeah, I mean, the, this class, uh, you know, the Andre Jackson recruitment, I think it came down to the big East, uh, being the deciding factor, uh, certainly helped with, with, with Sonogo, who's a Jersey kid that, you know, preferred playing at the garden, uh, as opposed to, you know, Wichita or Tulsa, uh, <laughs> or playing against St. John's or Seton Hall as a, you know, kid that, you know, played his high school ball in the metropolitan area. And then, you know, the class that we've got coming in this year is a legit class. I think like three, three, you know, guys that have a chance to, to play in the NBA, uh, and Jordan Hawkins, Russell Diggins, and, and Samson Johnson. So it's definitely helped. I always used to love uh, being around Jim Calhoun because you kind of never knew what you were going to get, Danny. Like, like he could MF me one day and then just forget it the next day, kind of like you. I mean, honestly, very similar. <laughs> um, give me your, your best Calhoun story. you got to have a classic one now. Uh, you know, obviously, you haven't been around him as much over the last – 10 months as you would have if, if we weren't in a pandemic, but give me your best Calhoun, Calhoun story. Yeah. I mean, just from, for me, um, just from a personal interaction, you know, standpoint, I mean, he, um, I, I got the job at, at UConn and like most situations where, where you take over for a coach that has been let go. Well, you know, you think it's bad, but it's much worse when you look under the hood. And you start meeting with the academic people and you start finding out just how, uh, you know, dysfunctional things are. Uh, then you watch the first workout and you're like, whoa, <laughs> you know, I, I, uh, you know, was ready to call my agent and ask about like the buyout and how much would it cost to go back. Uh, but I, so I walked into coach's office, like after like the first academic meeting, first individual workout. Um, and, I went in his office and just started like complaining and cause his, his office is right between the men's and the women's uh, sides of the practice facility. So I went in there, and, you know, just to kind of cry on his shoulder um, and tell him everything that was wrong and how hard my job was. And, you know, he laid into me, <laughs> he started cursing at me, you know, you know, get, you know, get your bleep together, you know, walk over to that AD's office and tell him what you need. You know, we hired you to get this thing fixed, not to complain. <laughs> he laid it through, man. And, and it was just what I needed. It was like, boom, let's go. Come on, man. Coach, when you got book night and you talked about how you recruited him to play in the AAC, did you envision him being this this type of score or this good of a player? Yeah, so, I, I mean, I, I went back and um, having been at Rhode Island, saw him play with uh, – um, you know, the, the New England, New England players when he was younger on the circuit, you know, maybe on like the 16s in Vegas might have been the first time I saw him. And then he prepped in New England and I, you know, and I saw him a couple times, uh, when he was at McDuffie. So yeah, I mean, I fell in love with his talent and just how, uh, how easy the game comes to him, how effortless, uh, you know, he is athletically and, and, and just, uh, you know, how quickly, you know, he can, uh, you know, like kind of add and, and, and develop, uh, new skills quickly. And, um, and he's also like, he's not a punk. He's like competitive. And even though he's not like physically super strong, uh, you know, he, he's, he's got a competitive toughness about him. And, and, uh, you know, he's got some like, you know, he's got some like asshole in him too. So that, that's, that's good. You, you like it when guys have some asshole in them. <laughs> yes. That helps in sports. Definitely does. It definitely does. All right. We're going to do a little turn back the clock segment. Uh, according to my sources, uh, you once, uh, as a camp counselor, had the entire, the campers sing NWA songs. Is this true or false? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, that must, uh, you know, might've come from young Jimmy Morley. We did, you know, uh, growing up in Jersey city. I, I was, uh, you know, I listened to a lot of rap growing up and, so yes, that's that's actually happened. Hey Rob, Rob, uh, I, I also made Dan do years ago <laughs> Icky Shuffle. He didn't want to do it. It was the same day that I pissed off Coach K. Uh, <laughs> remember that, Dan? I do because 
it just seemed like the, 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 a lot of the coaches on that dais that day, Jeff, were very uptight about the upcoming they were. tournament. I was so trying I to loosen you guys up. Come on. like Yeah, a little levity there. Up. It was a very uptight group. Very it was uptight. awful. You, you did the icky shuffle, though. I, I think somewhere <laughs> there's video of it. It was not pretty, but you didn't want no. to do it, but you did it. No, 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 I did it. I did it. The room needed it. The room definitely needed it. All right, Coach, the, the word on the street is that back in 94 at St. Anthony's that you used to be a substitute teacher. I, I want to know, were you the sub that, like, did you throw the video on and, like, just let the free-for-all go down? Or, like, what, what type of sub were you? Yeah, so, you know, I was uh, – I wasn't – I was actually tasked with, uh, you know, with, with the physical education class uh, – health and first aid, uh, driver's ed, and then, uh, you know, sex ed for co-ed educational <laughs> freshman classes. Oh, so that yeah, was, um, you know, you really learn how to control a room, uh, when you don't know anything and, you know, you're, you know, St. Anthony there. So a lot of, um, when animals attack videos with, you know, and, and, um, just different things like that to try to get through the course. We, we heard you weren't the most uh, engaged substitute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we had a lot of, you know, like uh, phys ed classes turned into billiards tournaments and uh, and just pick up games. It is, hey, it's, it's your, your wife threw you under the bus in, in her podcast appearance pretty well. I don't know if you listened to it, but it was, it was like an Hurley roast. Uh, is, is anything you can give us about Andrea to – you know, kind of even things out a little bit. Um, I mean, I mean, her, her now, I mean, um, just to have been, been, you know, uh, married or engaged with me and as big a basketball, this is a bigger part of our lives that basketball is for her still not to know anything about basketball is incredibly amazing. Amazing. She admits it. Like, it's amazing. Literally, like, what is the the extent of her knowledge, Dan, goes to what in basketball? Well, I mean, she calls, like, three-pointers, three-shooters. I mean, she doesn't know anything, man. I just walked by her but to the refrigerator and said, like, you know, like, I'm, I'm you know, uh, ruminating on, like, how to get a cook back in, into the fold after, man, right? And I say to her, like, you know, it's tough, like, uh, you know, his first couple minutes last night in a brutal game, you know, like, and she's like, I thought he played great. That was the best I've ever seen him. Like, <laughs> this woman. Watching. <laughs> what, what did you say back to her? Did you tell her, no, no, he didn't? Or did you just yeah. kind of let it ride? No, no, I said what you, I said what I said to you guys. That's why I'm not afraid to say it on here. I said to her, like, I can't believe that you don't know anything about basketball married into the Hurley family. Mar- you know, like amazing really is. Amazing. But she, amazing. I think she wears it like as a badge of honor that, that she doesn't know anything and she, she's not going to yeah. want to learn. Yeah. No, she, I hey, listen, she, she did the smart thing, you know, like she, uh, she, you know, she, she, she loves the players and like interacts with them and has got a special relationship with them. But like, and she obviously she wants to see us win, but like I think she plays it smart. I don't you know. She's not up in like she's not up in the stands like yelling at the reps, you know, and asking me about like why I didn't play one possession of zone for like the fifth straight game, you know, like it's like kinda nice. Perfect. Probably kinda nice, right? Yeah, I could a guy like me, you know, that would be a disaster of a partnership. You would never would have made it this long. There's no way in no, hell. No, no way. No okay, way. Rob, the, the best quote Andrea Hurley ever gave me about Dan was um, basically when, when we win, when, when we, when we lose, he's miserable. And when we win, he's still miserable. <laughs> phenomenal, phenomenal quote. Yeah. So, so it sets up for like a, a beautiful five or six months <laughs> of winter season. Right? Coming, coming off the pandemic. Right. <laughs> yeah, and everything that's going on in the world. Yeah. I mean, tell me like oh, man. originally, tell me early on in the pandemic, you were out of your mind, right? Like wipe had her wiped down everything, had to keep 
packages outside for like seven days before he would allow them to come in the house to be wiped off. Yeah. When did you, did you, did you kind of get a little bit more lax on all this stuff? Yeah, I did it probably into, uh, <laughs> into the summer. I, I started probably like, you know, once the numbers started going down, but like, you know, I was online ordering proteins, uh, froze, you know, um, you know, stockpiling as much, uh, you know, frozen food as I could. I, I wouldn't let anyone leave the house. I was the only one that could leave because I knew how cautious I would be. So I went out the first time I went out to the food store. Um, you know, I had like, uh, you know, the painter's breathable mask with like goggles and a scully with a hood. I mean, it was like no skin exposed. It was like a hazmat suit. And then everything would have to stay outside for like 24 hours. It was, I felt bad for them, but you know, the germ, I got a real, you know, like I've gotten better with uh, like kind of my germ issues, but I was freaking out for, you know, good six to eight weeks. Coach, you, you coached J.R. Smith in high school. What was that like? Like we all see him on TV and, and obviously a huge talent, but like does some stuff where you're just like, what what yeah. is he doing? Like, well, yeah. I guess if you talked about how you could be miserable during the season, what did Jr. make you feel like when you were coaching him? Well, I mean, uh, practice and, and game time, it was awesome. Uh, you know, like going over like progress reports sometimes with the teachers wasn't like the most pleasant part of the day. Um, but I'm going to say like Jr. was like, awesome i mean we uh because you know i was a young coach like i was you know in my second year as a head coach i didn't know what the hell i was doing like i didn't even realize like his shot selection was that bad because i was so i was so new to it but um he practiced so hard his passion for basketball like um he let me coach him um i coached him I coached him hard, although I gave him uh, a lot of leeway offensively. Uh, he never cheated me one day in there, uh, game night or practice. Like he just loved, loved the game. He was great with the guys. Um, you know, like leading up to the McDonald's game, you know, right after the high school season was over, um, you know, me and him met every morning at like 6 a.m., 6.30 to do skill work before school started. Um, and at the end of the school day, uh, you know, we, we, uh, we did live work, like one-on-ones to five-on-fives. So like, like he, uh, you know, man, he was a worker and, uh, you know, like I loved, co- <laughs> I just loved coaching him. All right. Give, give me, uh, your conversations. Give me like an inside look into your conversations with Bobby. You, you talk to him how often? Every day? Almost? I mean, it's probably once, it's probably every other day. Every other day. You know, now there was a time, I mean, there was a time where it was definitely every day. It's probably every other day now. And it's just the, the weird thing about like the, the, like the relationship with us goes, it always see, it, it seems like, like one of us is, is always yeah. trending up while the other one's going through like a little bit of a, uh, you know, a, a downward part of the year. So it's like, it's good in a sense that, you know, we, we, there's at least somebody that could pick the other one, up, pick the other one up because I can't imagine what it would be like if we were both Jeff. You know, I could be. I mean, you, you listen. I, I say it to people: you're two of the more sarcastic human beings uh, on the on the planet, no doubt. And when when things are bad, they're bad. I mean, they are. Let, let's face it. And I don't know if you got that from your dad or not. I don't know your dad like I know you guys, but. Yeah. Um, I don't know how you guys do it. I don't know how you do it with, you know, do you try to keep him? Like he's struggling right now. No doubt. Like they they just had games canceled for this weekend. You know, they, they, they Remy Martin out. I mean, your brother's definitely not in a good place right now. So how do you, how do you deal with that with him? Yeah. I mean, we're, we're modeling what we saw from our dad, you know, like, our dad, you know, Bob Sr., I mean, he took he took his team and he took his players and he took, you know, like winning, like so personal. Like he – like you'd see him, like the, the rare occasion that he would lose. Like my dad, like, 
you know, he would like call in sick, like he couldn't function, like it was completely debilitating. And like, you know, you, you, we model that, you know, like our teams, our players, the success our program's having, it's so personal to us that, um, yeah, when we're losing, it's, it's like, uh, you know, it's a, it's a real suffering, but I'm most coaches, I mean, you know, you get to this level as a coach, um, you know, or anything um, that, that feels like your purpose in life when that's not going well, you're, you're going to be miserable. And, uh, you know, winning gives you oxygen, like losing in this as a, as a head coach is unbearable because it's you, you feel like it's a reflection of you. It's different for an assistant coach. Um, You know, it's different for other people on your staff. Coach, what was it like growing up with your brother? Were, were there pickup games that ended in tears, punches? You know, I have a little brother, and it's a miracle we, like, didn't go through the windows in our family room playing on the little tight soup, you know? Like, it's a miracle. I, was it like that with you guys? Yeah, I mean, he – Bob fought, you know, fought with me. Not, not with with me. He fought with me or for me more than, than we fought against each other. I mean, if there weren't enough people around to compete against – then it inevitably would turn to us getting into an argument over a one-on-one game gone bad or, you know, touch football on the street. And, you know, I called a weak pass interference call or something, you know, and then it would, it would, it would take a bad turn. Um, you know, or we would play one-on-one-on-one with my dad or stick ball with my dad. And he was such a, a horrible loser that, um, you know, we would kind of, you know, combine forces, uh, you know, against him. So, uh, but Bob was a really, Bob was a really good big brother. Bob was very protective. Um, you know, but we, we grew up in a, you know, in, in a cauldron of, of intensity. What, what's the last time? Like, I don't have a sibling, okay? Only child. But like, I, I know enough people that haven't talked to their sibling for a while. Did, have you had that with your brother where like you guys have had these arguments drop down, like where, where you haven't talked for like weeks? No, um, no, never. I mean, maybe a, a little, you know, I, I think there were, you know, at times when, when Bob's, uh, you know, when, when Bob got out of the NBA and he was in, um, you know, he was involved with the horses and I was coaching high school at St. Benedict's where, you know, we probably didn't have that, that common thing. Basketball wasn't at that point as huge a part of his life. And, you know, I had just gotten fired at Rutgers and now I'm at St. Ben's coaching. And, you know, there was probably, that was the greatest period in our, probably in our relationship uh, of disconnect, but never like that. Does he blame you when things are going bad for him? Does he blame you for getting him back in this industry? No, he has not once. I mean, <laughs> and Jeff, I'm going to thank uh, him for that too today for never blaming me uh, when I talk to him. But no, I, I he, love this. I he still doesn't do it. The, the, the time when I when I went to Wagner and, and again, had to take the damn, I mean, the subway, the car to drive to New York City, to take the subway, to take the damn ferry, to get off. You didn't even have a car waiting for me. I had to call a cab once I got there to get to the gym. Man, <laughs> like – I can't imagine you two like being a player, seriously, a player having to be coached by both of you guys at Wagner or URI. Like, what do you think that was like? Oh man. I mean, well, I mean, I'll take the first day on the job. You know, it's like the press conference, like a Thursday and it's just, Bob's my first hire. And, uh, you know, it's the next day we go to, we go into the office and like the AD staring at us and he's like, you know, for like a half an hour, just like, what are you, you know, like kind of what it looked like, what are you guys doing? And it eventually says, he says like, where are you guys going today? And I said, we'll, we'll probably grab, you know, grab lunch down the street and then work these guys out and said, you you guys know it's the recruiting period today. Right. And we have no players. <laughs> that was, that was like day one. And, um, and, and then like, uh, it was like a steel cage match, you know, every day in there. Um, you know, when you take, you know, and a lot of it was by design. Some of it was we were um, still learning, like, what to do. Like, when you don't always know what to say or do as a coach, like, the one thing that you could do is to create some passion and some energy and some intensity and get you guys to play really, really hard. So at least we knew 
that if we could create that type of atmosphere, uh, you know, that, that we'd at least be creating something, but you know, like we, we didn't, oh, we didn't really have a great grasp on what to do, Jeff. So we just, we yelled and we, we created chaos and competition. Like you wouldn't believe it was incredible. Coach, when I go back to Purdue and I watch a practice and I see Matt Painter kind of doing his thing, I always think like this dude has become so soft. Like he's way too nice <laughs> to the players. If you we were to ask your guys from like St. Benedict's or Wagner, even Rhode Island, like would they be like, man, Coach Hurley has become soft? You know what? I don't. I don't think so. Um, maybe a little bit from Wagner. Maybe like a little bit from Wagner, um, because like I was really, really tough on that group taking over five in 2016. Like those guys, like they had just losing was in their bones at that point. And like the only way out was, uh, was to learn how to fight again. So I would say if anywhere was Wagner, cause and again, and then again, having Bob as my tag team partner, uh, <laughs> could only imagine what that was like. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I see what you said. My dad, uh, I had my, my diversion I had of my dad, um, as a coach and then RJ Cole, who's my point guard right now, played for him, you know, more towards the end of his career. I've yelled at him, uh, you know, in practice a couple of times, like that I wish that he had gotten my version, <laughs> you know, like, you know, like, you know, I wish you had, <laughs> I wish you had the Bob senior that I had. That's the one we need. That's every former player. Everybody looks yeah. back at their old coach like, man, he was so much. He was so much different when he coached us. I think that's like the the dreaded former players' disease that we all have. Yes, no doubt. No doubt. Dan, what, what's what's the ceiling on this team? If you stay healthy, if a cook kind of gets back, and we know Book Knight will get back at some point here soon to himself. But what 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 do you think the ceiling is for this year? Yeah, I mean, I, I think we have, uh, you know, the makings of a, like a really good team. You know, I don't know that, uh, you know, like right now, um, you know, I, I don't think we're at the level of Villanova or, or Creighton, um, you know, or even, you know, I think, you know, Seton Hall right now. I think those are clearly the three best teams in the in the conference. Uh, you know, I, I think we've got a chance uh, to play our, our way into being able to compete at that level. Um, I, I think this time period with book night out, um, as long as it's not long, you know, as long as he comes back soon, because he's one of the best players in the country. Um, this time will be really good for us because we are like, we're, we're, we're building this identity of a de- as an, as an elite defensive team. Um, and then these others that we need to develop into roles to support James, uh, like a Tyrese Martin, like a Tyler Polly, Isaiah Whaley, uh, RJ Cole, like these other guys, plus our bench. We've got a ton of depth. Um, this time that, that James is out, I think, is going to make us a lot stronger. Um, and then when he comes back into the mix, um, I, I think we're uh, I, I think we're a team that obviously is a, is a March team and that could win a couple of games in March. Last one I have for you, Dan, is is just – Take me through what it's like for you as a coach right now with the season. Like, I look at it, and I'm excited watching games. Don't get me wrong. I'm excited, but it doesn't feel quite the same. I'm not going to UConn to watch games. I went to Mohegan Sun for, like, the first four days, and I haven't gotten to a game since and probably won't till we get to the NCAA tournament. Does it feel – I don't want to say normal because we know it's not normal, but, like, how does it feel to you? As a coach, I guess is the best way to ask it. The the only part that feels normal for me is like uh, obviously the practice time, shoot you know, like shoot around day to game. You know, like the nerves of pregame meal when the ball goes up, game starts. Uh, you know, like that that kind of feels normal. But like pulling up to the arena, um, you know, just being on campus and like literally on your campus and like seeing nobody, uh, like ever. Um, and just kind of like seeing how everyone's wearing it, you know, like there, are, there's a lot of people struggling, you know, like you could see it and in, 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 in you could feel it in yourself because, you know, the, obviously the COVID and, and the, the state of the country and, 
just you know like the the, the state of, it, of all things but like but you could just see that everyone is like is a little bit kind of not themselves right now whether it's like you're looking at players or the other staff when you when you see them quickly or officials it's like it's not the same thing but it feels great to be able to do it and everyone needs us to be able to do it and uh you know because we're essential you know like this is uh i know people in connecticut you know they uh you know we've been hit pretty hard with covid and on on a number of levels you know medically economically like this is like a, a an incredible shot in the arm for the people of the state what the team's doing how the program's grown and the fact that we're just out there playing is is doing a lot of good for a lot of people um so you mentioned officials and i'll i'll let you go after this one i promise hmm. um so with no fans in attendance are you more mellow with the officials now or like have you changed because they, I mean, they can hear everything anyway. No fans, so you don't have to worry about a fan hearing. You might actually – I don't want to, you know, tell anybody, but you do you do use some bad words at times, at times. Sometimes. So there's no fans to hear that. That's that's the positive. There's also no fans to drown out some of your bad words. Yes. And – um, um, Not really. And, uh, <laughs> so, you know, I think in Wisconsin – they uh that one time out was pretty explosive uh and there was no one in there i'm pretty sure everyone heard that and that was a bad time out but that wasn't at the refs that was at the team uh i think i've only been bad with the referees just a one game usc game at mohegan i was really bad uh i i, I went i was probably a little bit over the top but if you really look at it i'm through eight games uh, no, no technicals and no You're bench warnings. Your brother. Are we saying this right now? You are better this with year. Your brother this year. This year, yes. you know, I don't think that I've gotten enough credit for, and I'm not really looking for it. I don't really give a shit what people think, but um, I, 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 the refs, like I, I, I've been, I think, great with those guys, and you know, very fair and. So yeah, no no bench warnings, no tackles. Coach, I want to I want to ask you. Oh, sorry, Joe. I, I want to ask you this. So in my pro career, college career, high school career, I got one tech in Russia, but now I I play I play three on three basketball now. It's an Olympic sport. I think I've gotten at least fifteen technical fouls in two summers of play. Really? Because the refs are horrible. And when I get these texts, I have these like moral hangovers after them, like afterwards. <laughs> I really beat myself. Like my girlfriend went on this trip to Italy where we were playing and she was literally like, you are a psychopath. You just cussed out that 18 year old kid who's roughing your game. And you literally embarrassed him in front of all these people. Do you get like moral hangovers like I do? Or is that just like something that I'm, I'm crazy and I get the Um, <laughs> no, I, I don't personally. <laughs> I, I have. I, love I have it. no remorse. I have no remorse. Now I, my, you know, the one time at Rhode Island, there was a game against, I think, St. Joe's where I got teed and close to thrown out and the camera stayed on me pretty deep because the producer knew that that was compelling television. So when I got home, my wife, Andrea, uh, she had an intervention with the kids and like, you're embarrassing us now. Like, this is bad. I heard about that goes out. Yeah. You heard about that, right? Now that goes out the window though, when the game start, because, the last thing I'm thinking about is the intervention <laughs> when these games start. But that was a, a moment. I, and I think too, like in all fairness, like you just, you, you know, you get more experience as a coach. Maybe you, you yell a little bit less, but when you take over a, a really bad team and that has just, that thinks losing is the thing to do, you got to teach them. Like somebody's got to set the tone for how hard you have to fight to win and, you know, I think just kind of the, the, you know, the secret sauce and like rebuilding a program is like those first two years when you've got to flip that, that losing stuff is like, you know, you've got to fight with everybody every day to, to show your team like, you can, you can. Yeah. And just that passion gets sucked out of the program. The, the fight just gets drained and you've got to instill that. And, when you're left with players that have forgotten how to do that or never were taught how to do that, 
that's why in the first year or two of these things, you know, these, these kind of rebuilds, you look, you know, you look maniacal and you, you look like you're coming unglued, but you're, you're really just trying to instill that mentality and mindset. But and now if you, you know, I've got a better team, so I'm not a raving madman right now. Not as much. Not like your brother. Not is. as much. No. Well, listen, no. <laughs> we, we, we appreciate you coming on. Um, do me a favor. Tell your better half, much better half. I said hello. And hello. Uh, hopefully I'll see. I don't even know if they allow media. You, I don't think it matters. I, I don't see myself going to a game this year, which is kind of nuts. I was thinking of maybe going to your Villanova game, but now that's canceled. Yeah. So I don't have to make that decision. Uh, but uh, thanks for coming on. We appreciate it. Three-game winning streak all on the road. It's impressive. Yeah. And uh, hopefully we'll uh, – Maybe see you in, in Indiana in a few months. No, I appreciate it, fellas. It's fun talking ball. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.